Well, hello, friends. This is One Mission, the podcast. I'm Rick Lance, your host, and I'm glad today to have two of our fine staff members who are ladies, and they do an outstanding and superb job. They're going to be able to give you a testimony of uh, what they've been doing and what's happening in the areas of ministry related to children and and also other various ministries. And I'm going to start with you, Belinda. If you'll give your full name and your ministry assignment, and then we'll talk about what, what all that, we'll get into that and delve into it. I'm Belinda Stroud, and I have the privilege of serving Alabama Baptist as the children's specialist and Bible drill consultant. Hmm. Now, you're looking at someone who enjoyed Bible drill back in his day, and a shy little boy like me, as I was, some people can't believe that, but <laughs> I came out of some of my shyness in Bible drill. It helped me that and some other efforts of the church back then, and I have always had a warm spot and did pretty well in Bible drill, learned the books of the Bible, and of course, it's more than that, I get that, but it helped me become familiarized with some names at times as a young little fella, which were a bit hard to pronounce. Of course they are. Yeah. They're intimidating. Yes. And how is the health and well-being, if you will, of, of Bible drill now in our churches? I think Bible drill is doing phenomenal, especially since um, the pandemic. We have had a resurgence. We have a lot of realization of the biblical illiteracy among our church members and especially in our children's ministry. I had a children's minister call me this week and say, we're starting back Bible drill because I've been sending children to our student ministry who cannot locate the books of the Bible Mm -hmm. and have no idea how to use God's word in their life. So, um, and this is a person who a year ago said, you know, Belinda, I just don't know if that's something that still needs to exist. Mm. And now he's already seeing the relevance of it. Right. And I believe that parents want their children to know how to use God's word. They're intimidated by it. Not only are the children intimidated, but their parents are as well. Mm -hmm. So at the state board, we have really developed a ton of resources on our website that can assist parents and leaders in helping kids get in God's Word. They're called Families in God's Word, in the Word. And we just have simple questions that parents can ask their kids as just conversation starters, table talks, to allow children and their parents to have conversations about what is in God's Word. Mm -hmm. So not only are we promoting having a Bible drill and learning all these things, and at the end of the year having sort of a competition, we're also promoting just putting God's Word in the lives of the families in Alabama. So it's more family-centered than just children-centered. It is. You mentioned some of those questions that parents could ask. Can you, just not putting on the spot, do you have one or two examples of that? Well, like um, this week um, in our Instagram, on our Instagram account, Families in the Word, we're talking about creation. Wrong. And it's like, who did create the world? Who created the world? Who created you? Yeah. And that is such a relevant thing for now. Kids need to know that they are made from God. They're God's creation, and He made them who they are. And they don't need to look to something else to think that their identity could be in something else because it's in God. He created them. Now, refresh my memory. How long have you been working with us uh, here at the State Board of Missions in this ministry? 
I was contract and did that as a contract employee for about seven years. And next month, October 1st, I'll celebrate my 10-year anniversary as a state missionary. Oh, great. Yeah, and during that time, I guess you heard and seen some real testimonials from the growth of children who are now adults when you first started. My goodness, you're talking about, what, 17 years there? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that would put them 30, perhaps, close to late 20s. Yes. You probably remember some of those and, and been able to see how being a part of learning how to handle God's Word, rightly handled, understanding it, knowing the basic questions, how their lives have been impacted, how they've matured in faith. I have. um, I can think of two particular stories that are wonderful illustrations of that. Um, One was this year when we started to have our state drill. I noticed that one of the leaders' names was one of our students that participated um, about 10 years ago. Wow. And Mm. he is now the high school drill leader at his church. And I remember him vividly because he chose to come to the high school Bible drill instead of going to the state soccer tournament. That was what made a huge (laughs) Uh, impact on his life. And now he sees it and knows how much it's helped him and wants to invest in the kids in his church. Then um, I had the opportunity of having a young Chinese boy come to um, our Bible drill at my church, not realizing that he barely spoke English. I asked him to read, which was a huge mistake, (laughs) but he did not know anything about the Bible or Christianity. His family came to our church because they heard that through Southern Baptist churches, you could learn English. And through Bible drill, he would go and learn a verse on Wednesday nights. And on Thursday morning, he was sharing it at school. Oh. His mom, his sister, and he all became believers through well, the ministry. Now, that's the kind of testimony. Those are the kind of testimonies you really love to hear. And it gives you a sense of, uh, well, it feeds your passion because you see the fruits of your labor there. It does. Yeah. It yeah. was very, very rewarding. Yeah. Are you noticing that pastors across the state are embracing the Bible drill effort? Not as much as I would hope. Yeah. I think um, that sometimes it can have a negative connotation because there is sort of a test at the end, I guess you could call it, if yeah. you are participating in drill. But I've, we have really tried to emphasize if you want to do the drill and feel comfortable doing the drill, we want you to do it because that is certainly a way for you to feel confident in standing and sharing God's word in front of other people, which we know that's important. Right. We need to be sharing the gospel with people that we encounter. But also we are telling them, you need to know these Bible skills. Yes. You have yeah. to know how to use God's Word. It can be super intimidating, but through just learning fun, through fun games and activities and things that we do, Mm -hmm. you can learn how to navigate through God's Word, and children need to have it embedded in their heart. Mm -hmm. It needs to be able to come freely out of them at times when they're encountering things that are difficult. Right. Well, we have to get used to the fact that COVID is always with us, but we have a little distance since the shutdown time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the state of children's ministries across the state? Are they doing pretty well? I think they are. I think they have definitely bounced back. I saw this summer, it seemed that they were busier and had more activities and probably things that are very intentionally focused. 
Right. Where in the past, we might have done things just to have an activity or an event on the calendar. Now mm. they're being very, very intentional about making sure they're meeting the needs of families, that there's a spiritual component, um, that we're reaching out to our communities where there are people who are unchurched and do not, don't know the Lord. Mm. I think they're becoming more and more healthy. And I feel like, especially with vacation Bible schools, we're seeing numbers back to where they were before. Yeah, great. Well, you've used one of my favorite words, intentional, yeah. because some things happen unintentionally. Right. We'd like to, from in, some intentionality there in a positive way. Okay, Patty, uh, name, rank, and serial number. <laughs> tell who, tell the Burns. audience who you are. Yes, I am Patty Burns, and I am the preschool specialist, and I also serve as the Vacation Bible School promoter for Alabama. Mm, good. Well, first, how... Or would the preschool ministry do now since the shutdown period? Is it bouncing back pretty well? It is. Uh, our churches have opened their preschool, their classes again. Um, yeah. We're seeing parents uh, holding their kids in worship a little more, a little longer right. than they used to. Um, but preschool ministry is thriving. Um, and I love that since it's just so foundational. I love to see parents bringing their kids and uh, passionate preschool workers uh, talking and singing with their kids about Jesus. So um, yeah. it's it's coming back. Well, early on when we came out of that shutdown period, mm -hmm. uh, whatever we want to call it, <clears throat> limited meetings or whatever you want, would like to describe it, just kind of basic things. I noticed that pastors initially said that the uh, parents of young children aren't coming back and some senior adults. And now I'm hearing that that's vastly improved. Mm -hmm. It's maybe more with the parents with children than with some yes. senior adults. And they have natural concern yes. about some of that. But some of them have pre-existing conditions. One of my favorite topics is Vacation Bible School. As you well know, you've heard me talk about the fact that I can date my conversion experience to Vacation Bible School and being someone intentionally sharing with me, using that word again, <laughs> what it means to know Jesus, and then going to Shaco and what we now call Discipleship Week right. and having a layman there to stand right under a tree with me out there on the Shaco landscape and share with me again the good news of Jesus. And that following Sunday, Sunday night, I waited to Sunday night, Sunday morning, morning was very intimidating yes, using yes. your word again. <laughs> but I walked forward and I think my, my heart was pounding so fast, I felt like I was running a marathon. <laughs> but it was a very critical time. And those two influences at a juncture of my life when I was really open <clears throat> to what it means to be a follower of Jesus and know what he's done for me. Uh, I knew that uh, Jesus had died, and I knew God so loved the world, I had trouble understanding he loved me, this little fellow growing up in Birmingham, Alabama. But it was through people who were very <clears throat> dedicated to vacation Bible school and the, that unnamed layman that I cannot remember that it all just seemed the confluence of that brought me to my public commitment for Christ. So Vacation Bible School is dear to me, and I think it's not only for children and yes. youth, it's also for adults. Absolutely. And while we were at Tuscaloosa, we had a nighttime Vacation Bible School at First Baptist, and we would have six or 700 people there. We had adult classes for people who were not teaching, 
And that went over remarkably well. I'm not sure you could pull it off now, but it went over remarkably well. I know it's difficult to get workers and difficult in many ways to have a good, healthy vacation Bible school. But you're fresh off the summer. Yes. And it doesn't all happen one week anymore. (laughs) Can you give us a kind of a a progress report on what what you think has happened thus far? Yes, sir. Um, We have reporting that uh, Lifeway Research does, which is sort of a national reporting. Right. And then we developed an Alabama report this year. So we actually have them coming in from two different directions, which is great. Um, But they're they're kind of slow coming in. But so far we have uh, just over 300 churches that have uh, responded and um, almost 800 salvations, which is wonderful. Mm. Um, I, I would like for people to know that when we ask for reports... And we're asking for numbers. We're not just wanting to get this big number and say, look what Alabama did. We had this right. many people. Right. We're talking about souls. We're talking right. about people who heard mm. the gospel. And so I think it's evident that our Vacation Bible School, um, even though we're not getting many reports, it is doing its job and it is sharing the gospel. Mm. And we're seeing men, women, boys, and girls come to know Jesus as their, as their personal Savior. And you talking about the layman under the tree. Um, that's one of my favorite things about Vacation Bible School is it's so relational. Um, you build relationships. When you spend a week with a child, whether you're a tour guide or whether you're teaching them in a class, you get to know them and they get to know you. And you can build that relationship that um, in your follow-up will possibly keep them coming back because there's now that connection. Yeah. Um, so VBS looks good in Alabama, and I am looking forward to even more reports. Um, we've brought in over two hundred, maybe two hundred and ten thousand dollars in missions offerings. Oh, good. Um, and so that's uh, that's a good number so far. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited. Well, when I'm in national meetings, especially with Lifeway, uh, when they talk about Vacation Bible School, they talk about Alabama. So we appreciate your efforts, and especially those who are in the trenches in the local church who yes. carve out time yes. and they're busy summer schedule. People are busier now than ever before, but the uh, eternal impact mm. is incalculable in my estimation. Uh, I think uh, I, I'd like to know how many international missionaries can date their experience of professing faith in vacation Bible school. That's just a good off the top of my head. It's a good question. I do know that a good number of them, to be on another topic, come through Baptist Campus Ministries mm-hmm. from the international field, on the international field. So I, I have a hunch that in the local church and what we do, the value added of being able to do with preschool and children and youth uh, focus on vacation Bible school is something that we should never take for granted. I've said through the years, and I still believe it to be true, the single most important evangelistic opportunity that a church has is vacation Bible school. Amen. And when you are able to have that many children gathered, doing things together, learning how to relate to each other, but more importantly, learning how to relate to Jesus and understand who he is and what he can do for mm-hmm. one's life. I think that is, you can't put a price tag on that. So I say amen and all the applause to those individuals out across Alabama Baptist churches who have devoted their time. And I I wish I could go back and thank the people 
who had that kind of influence over me. Of course, that's impossible because many of them are long since gone. But in many ways, uh, who I am today, and whatever that might be, they're, they've, they've got that, not a, not a whisper, but a shouting kind of influence mm-hmm. in my life. And so I, I'm giving a bit of a testimony here. They, those of the Catholic faith once said, give us your children when they're young and we'll make good Catholics out of them. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to demean anyone, mm-hmm. but I would say give us your children in vacation Bible school and in Sunday school or Bible study, whatever we call it. Give us your preschoolers, your children. And our my belief is that Alabama Baptist will be intentional, using your word again, intentional about sharing their faith mm-hmm. and helping them to become believers right. and mature disciples. And to that end, that's part of the Great Commission ministries that we have. And folks, you know, we have one mission, the Great Commission, and one program, the cooperative program, and that fuels Great Commission ministries. So I'm delighted today for us to have this time together. I recognize that uh, you are saints behind the scenes. You're not on the platform of good bed, and this is why you're in this podcast. I want people to know that we have some ladies with dedication and calling like you have to be able to do what God would have us to do in reaching young children so that they'll have full lives yes. of service. Yes. Uh, it, when we have We rejoice over adult conversions because oftentimes we realize that Percentage-wise, that's not common after a certain age, and that age gets lower and lower. But think about when we get them young, and they they make their professions of faith early in life and become believers, Mm -hmm. how much time they have to serve the Lord. I can can think about Martha Myers, who's a slain missionary here from Alabama, killed on December 26, 2002. She was an Alabama Baptist, and she grew up going to preschool and children ministries. She grew up in vacation Bible school. She went on to be a medical missionary in Yemen and gave her life there, not just as an Alabama Baptist, but as a a person on mission for Jesus. And she didn't come home. They didn't bring her home to be buried. They buried her there on the hill on the top of the hospital, uh, from the hospital where she was slain. In, in, in saying, my ministry has been here. Right. I've been ministering primarily among the Yemeni people, the women more particularly, who would not go to male doctors. She backpacked her way all across various landscapes of Yemen. And then when it came for her to be buried, She buried where her heart was. She was buried there among her people. And at her funeral, in English, those ladies were saying, Sister Martha, Sister Martha, how we loved you. That's why we have the Myers-Mallory State Mission Offering in her honor and her name. But again, we can trace it all back to when she was a preschooler and a child growing up in churches where her dad, an outstanding layman, and her mom an outstanding layperson, leaders in their church. He was a medical doctor himself. She followed in the footsteps there. But those footsteps went beyond that to Yemen. 
that is her story, and it's become ours as we emphasize the Myers-Mallory State Missions offering. And this Sunday of this recording, September 10, we'll be having the week of prayer for Myers-Mallory. And when we think about the Great Commission Ministries in our cooperative program budget and the Myers-Mallory State Missions offering, we're, th- we're thinking about trying to reach the next generation right. of Martha Myers-type people. Absolutely. And having a global impact that we're probably long gone, but they'll be here because the mission continues. It is unfinished. Ladies, thank you so much for your time. And Thanks for having us. I didn't mean to preach a sermon. No. But, and, and the folks out there may have already tuned out. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I've tuned in to everything you say and you said because I believe in what you're doing. God thank bless you and thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Come and join us next time for One Mission, the podcast.